Hey, I'm Julian Elijah Martinez. And I am Colin J. Harden. And you are listening to the Episode 1 Show. And this is the podcast about pilot episodes. We believe that pilot episodes are the most important episodes in television. And if you want to write or produce or pitch a TV show, then you really need to know how to analyze these things. Yep. And so we're going to spend the next however episodes just breaking down each and every pilot and trying to figure out how the structure works, what they do well, what they do not so well. So that way we can learn how to pitch and write and produce these pilots ourselves. Yeah. And the the episode that we're going to do today, the show that we're going to do today is called The Shy. That's right. The Shy. (laughs) The Shy is currently in its final season. It's, this is 2023, the uh-huh. end of the summer of 2023. They're in their final season. Are we in fall now? This is fall. We are in fall, technically. I'm outside. I'm I'm in Brooklyn. I'm looking at all the white people with their car hearts. It's it's definitely <laughs> fall. Let's go. That's, that's the indicator folk, of fall? Yes, white folks in Brooklyn love car hearts. Yeah. Black folks low-key like it, too. But white folks like it more. Is it because it's like industrial like is it like real is it like has it elevated to like fashionable construction worker clothing what what's, yeah what is that? i think there's like a technical term but i have no idea what fashion i just i have a really bad like <laughs> call it colonizing joke that i'm not gonna say <laughs> okay we'll hold that we'll hold that for the patreon or something like that uh but yeah we're doing the shy the shy came out in 2018 all yeah right? yeah call i actually it remember episode. oh actually remember no i actually remember uh because i'm an actor for those who don't know me and i actually remember auditioning for this way back in 2018 really? when this thing first dropped yeah what were you what were you auditioning who was the character I actually think I auditioned for uh, the the um, the chef. I actually think I ended up auditioning for um, Brandon. This is Brandon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah. Back when they were like casting a, a wide net, and they were just like, "We just need a, a young black <laughs> man." <laughs> well, I mean, you were in the age range, though, right? Yeah. 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 But I was not. You know, I was not that actor. You know, I did not. I was not Jason Mitchell at all. Like Jason Mitchell came off fresh off of, you know, uh, uh, the NWA movie. Oh, right. Like he right. was he was hot in 2018. That's right. That's right. So, yeah. All right. So the episode title for this one is just pilot. Uh, mm-hmm. We like to go through the different writers as well. I know, yeah. you know, there are a couple more writers. I just wrote down Lena Waithe because that's who was what was credited at the end of the episode. But mm-hmm. did you know there were there were a couple more writers, right? Yeah, so it's it's created by Lena Waithe. She also wrote it, um, as well as um, I think his name is Larry Whitmore. I think that's the who also helped her with the story. Um, and then the showrunners are Justin Hillian, uh, Elwood Reed, and Ayana Davis. Um, yeah, and then Elwood Reed did was the main showrunner for for season one, and I believe that they brought Justin and Alana as the show kind of continued and moved on you also had uh marcus gardley who was a story editor who's a wonderful wonderful playwright for those who know his work um and then uh justin hillian also worked as a story editor as well in addition to lena waith's writing okay yeah so and then uh it was directed by rick i always get his name wrong i'm gonna try i'm gonna do a really slow rick famuyiwa 
Rick nice. Famuyiwa. There we go. Oh, yes. there you go. So I'm a big fan of Rick Famuyiwa. Oh, He's I like, I, I, I don't have aspirations to be a director until I see his work and like see yeah. his career. I'm like, man, this black dude, he did The Wood. Uh-huh. He did, uh, oh my goodness. Now I'm not, of course I'm going to blank. Yeah, he did Dope. And then he's been on Star Wars. What? What? This is a black man. Black men on Star Wars. On take, Star Wars. Take that, nerd. He must be a super nerd. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. now I want to meet him just because, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Now no, I just want to meet him and, and and talk with him because he had to impress somebody to yeah, be able to yeah. jump on some Star Wars shit. So anyway, that's uh, who directed this. Yeah, I, I put in my notes, like, it's 2018 when this comes out. So this is mm-hmm. post-Trump. They even referenced Trump in there. But this is it's yeah. a really important thing. It's kind of like a specter hanging over a lot of those post uh trump black shows yeah yeah yeah. Uh, and this is one of those this is a black show for sure for sure but this is this is this is post trump this is post trayvon martin right um but this is before george floyd yes Uh, you know so there's an interesting uh not you were right you're absolutely right tension but we also don't see especially in hollywood like the complete inundation of um black trauma that we saw kind of like around the time like after Mm -hmm. george after george floyd so this sits in a really interesting place like after trayvon martin but before george floyd and before hollywood's kind of like reaction to the george floyd protest i want to say this might be before oscar's so white or it might be right at that time you know what i mean yeah yeah yeah. it might be like right at the oscar so white movement ish Uh time and then Uh it's pre-pandemic so like we all know how post george floyd we're still living in a post george floyd world right right it's and also it's also pre 2018 was pre me too i believe or me too was just beginning to i mean start. well it was yeah it was right it was right at that time period too and you know mm-hmm. the main character you know uh, one of the main characters got to see the full weight of that you know with right some right of those, uh, sexual assault allegations as well but this right. is not what that show is about <laughs> or it's not what this show is about uh but right but, but i think it's i think it's important in terms it is. of context of like because this is a this is a very political show and this is a yes. show that is that is socially um uh relevant and so i think it is important to look at it in terms of like these huge like moments especially uh social media moments that really changed the way that we tell stories and really changed right. the way that we look at stories Who and that, gets to tell stories right. and why right. uh, the subject matter that gets injected into the shows and how right. they get injected. Yeah. Right. The time frame definitely matters. And this show does fall on a super um, a poignant and important mm-hmm. time period, like mm-hmm. one really, really interesting uh, time frame. And then it, and it continues on into George Floyd. It continues on post George right. Floyd as as we mentioned before since it's still going on but right um right. yeah so let's 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 get into it let's get into it some more um with the shy it's a it's a fascinating show for me yes. because <laughs> it is I, <laughs> so like when I thought about this I was walking I was walking the dog with my wife and I was like the shy really is kind of like it falls between like Tyler Perry and James Baldwin it's like <laughs> it's like somewhere in the middle. That's a good way to put it. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. you know, like both of them, both of them like to show the way black life is 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 lived, right? Yeah, exactly. But both of them really like connect with black people on a really like visceral level, whether it's like comedy or or just kind of like you, uh, 
finding that character within them that they that you recognize. Right. James Baldwin kind of deals with and, and even like I thought about Lorraine Hansberry raising in the sun. It was yeah. especially as it fell into the Chicago uh setting, you know. Yeah. So, you know, it's showing like the harshness of black life, but Dwayne Hansberry and James Baldwin, they're not trying to be funny about that shit. They're just like, this is the way it is. It's tough. This is um, kind of an inside look into it to to what black people already know. But as as it gets published and and put out into a wide uh, audience, then everybody else gets to see it now. Right. Right. This show kind of does that. And I think it does really interestingly because it does not judge the harsh and kind of morally uh questionable actions mm-hmm. that that the characters take and a yeah, lot of absolutely. times black characters have to apologize for what they do uh even from the audience perspective like we absolutely to, you know what i mean yeah it, it sets like there is um with tyler perry there's a melodrama that uh that does exist in this at least in my opinion does mm-hmm. exist within the pilot um but even then that melodrama in and is rooted in a a little more kind of grounded uh space yeah. and so there there's allowed room to have these kind of like big kind of like sweeping moments of emotion and and uh pretty extreme uh situations however it's still attempting to you know kind of walk that thin line of like trying to be uh not gritty realism but there's still a little bit of that realism kind of rooted in the place right um and with then the comedy is- with the comedy yeah. and like you said with that with that melodrama that you can at times it it it's really interesting the tone of this show because yeah it, yeah, yeah. Teeter, it teeters into the melodrama that you're grandma might watch on right. uh you know monday afternoon but right. it doesn't quite go that far you know what right I mean? exactly it's almost like it's catering to the kid who was watching it with their grandma you know who was watching right. the stories with the grandma but wants right. to see something a little bit more elevated you know yeah absolutely it reminds me of like now that we're talking about this it's like um it is like the way that we as a generation we took like the the shows that our parents would watch and then we try to make them like Right. Or like like not to equate just the comic books, but like how yes. like we, we took like Batman and we turned right. him like super realistic. Exactly. It's, it's like the shy is taking the melodrama, but still trying to embed it in, in a realism kind of place. Exactly. You know? yeah. And it and it and it's so and it's so interesting. We can we can start talking, of course, about what the show's about, but mm. it's so interesting that even the violence that you see for some reason because of the tone. Yeah. doesn't hit you it doesn't hit you in that visceral like oh my god kind of way yeah it hits you in the way that almost like you would see in a um in in a soap opera you know yes like if yes. you see violent and violence in a soap opera you might be shocked because your character might be dead or that but you're not you're not it, it's it's so strange it's it's very matter of fact too yes anyway that's the that's the that's the thing about the world building that this show does that i think it does really really well yes Uh, but let's get into first like what what is this show about elijah you always give the macro i'm gonna give the micro so go ahead tell tell (laughs) like go go ahead nigga (laughs) yeah go ahead tell people the academic deep version of what this show's about well i you know initially when i watched it um i thought this was show was actually about fatherhood and and um because the show centers around mainly 
uh, presenting heterosexual men um, who are all struggling with some kind of like uh, fatherhood aspect of some younger person. Um, and so it really is for me, it's, it's about fatherhood and how do we, how are we fathers? What is, how do we fail as fathers? Mm-hmm. Um, and then how do we redeem ourselves from said failures? Um, I would also say, I just put in my, fucking Invisalign and I am lisping like a oh I can't hear it <laughs> oh, you can't hear it good <laughs> no good 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 and 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 no free advertisement so I got Invisalign in I you know what I don't fucking recommend this it, just get the braces anyway um the psych I also think that it's about the cycle of violence within our communities oh yeah um and how like violence perpetuates itself yeah um and then there is of course you know grief um and how we deal with grief and what what kind of trauma is created um and then lastly there is you know it's it's there's a melodrama and so things get sexy and so i see you know the romantic relationships between cis heterosexual black men and women um and i think it i think it gets into some queer relationships as the oh, show yeah. goes on yeah definitely but but the pilot is very very much um you know very much about black men and black women in heterosexual relationships yeah i mean that's good and it's funny because i i make the joke because Elijah always, like when I say, what's this show about? What's this episode about? Elijah always takes it deep into this super thematic and somewhat um, academic way. And I'm just like, it's about these two kids ran to the store and <laughs> and got some got some, <laughs> got some food and snacks. Nah, nah but I mean, um, with this one, it was difficult for me not to go into that similar, you know, if you want to call it deep thematic uh, right. way of d- describing the show because... It is. I mean, if if I, if I was gonna, going to describe what this show is about, I'd say it's about community, like we yes. we've mentioned before. Uh, but you know, in, in some of our other conversations, it's about community. Um, it's about a neighborhood and how. Yeah. Uh, and, and and it's really about entering a world of violence, and and the way that the people interact with that violence, right. But but certainly about the cycle of violence, like you were saying before, like I I can't I have to piggyback because it's just it's just so, um, you know, it's so much on the forefront of what this what the show is about, just that cycle of violence there. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I can't really say much better than you. Uh, It it, it, obviously you're you're talking about I did notice that the four stories are just four young black men in different stages Mm -hmm. of life. Um, Yeah. The fatherhood, I didn't really notice that until you said it, but I think that's a really great point. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's always like fatherhood and brotherhood. Right. Um, well, there's always a it's always center, it's always an older each each of the four stories that are in there are always generally and with the exception one is generally an older it's an older black male dealing with a younger black. Yeah. Male. Yeah. Um and so and and how they are and it's and directly like how they're raising or how they didn't raise that's right that's really Um, good that's really really good i did not see it that way i'm that it's so clear that you said no i just didn't see it i did i did not see it that way i just Uh was was made aware of it when you just said that like you're right like it's about ronnie ronnie's dealing with the fact that you know he just lost a son but it's not really his son Uh so we're dealing with the way that 
that young man who just passed, how like how was his fatherhood experience where he right. had Ronnie as a dad? And right. Ronnie's not always the best dad, you know? Yeah. But yeah, Brandon, definitely. Brandon, he has to be pretty much father figure to Coogie in mm-hmm. that in this in this sense. And then what uh Kevin, Kevin, he he's like Kevin needed a big brother, and then Brandon ends up being his big brother at the end. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. he ends up kind of taking that surrogate brother brother role and father mm-hmm. role, and maybe maybe we'll we'll see. Um, but yeah, like before we before we get farther, I want to ask you this, mm-hmm. and this is just kind of a benchmark episode one podcast question: Is right. this a good pilot? Ooh, is this a good pilot? Um, be honest. Be honest. <laughs> Uh, in, in, in terms of my limited knowledge of pilots, cause I, I am also learning that's halfway the half of the reason why we're doing this. Um, I do sit, I do think of this as a good pilot though. It took me two or three watches to really like appreciate it for what it's able to do and the, and the strength of, of what it's able to do. Um, because like fundamentally it's it's trying to tell a story of a community and it's trying to tell four interweaving stories and i think that's an incredibly difficult thing to do um and so watching it back i was like oh okay i see where the connections are are layered and i see like how they're how they're like all of a sudden throwing a bomb in the middle of this community and then we're going to watch these the explosion we're going to watch all of these threads kind of expand out over the course of six seven seasons you know um is it always effective i don't necessarily know are some of the connections a little contrived you know i think that's up to opinion um but for like you know this is i think me i think this is very difficult to do and to accomplish you know yeah yeah uh i'm on the same literally the same the same boat as you uh i would say it's a good pilot because it does all the things that a pilot needs to do Mm -hmm. but i'll also say it's a i'll say it's decent and i don't want i wouldn't make it i wouldn't put it on great because like when you watch something like hey i hate to compare it i'm sorry Mm -hmm. but when you when you look at something like billions that's so tight like yeah. without holes like everything yeah. is tied up and yeah, then you yeah. watch this show which has some kind of like it's got some plot glue there yep. to kind of make things happen that shouldn't make sense there right. um and of course like we're trained as as tv watchers to just like let it go and, and keep it moving but of course we were we we're the episode one podcast we're gonna watch this episode over and over right. again and analyze right. it and then and break it down and kind of point out those things. So it's nothing. It's not an. Uh, we're not casting an aspersion on the on the episode or on the show. It's just mm-hmm. kind of bringing up some of the things that we noticed. That uh, honestly, some of those like plot glue elements might have been because of production. There's so many right. elements that could have gone in um, to making these things happen. But I do. We, we do got to bring them up. You know what I mean. Right. So I'm gonna say it's a good pilot for what you said. Introducing the characters, like creating multiple disparate stories that you mm-hmm. can follow separately and it, and it follows a separate structure than normal so usually you can immediately find where the threads are mm-hmm. uh, but until and, and of course we're, we're obviously spoiling the episode but until Kugi dies there's no connection to a lot of these right. characters. some of them right. are connected but until Kugi passes the connections aren't as strong then all of a sudden they're right. forged together 
and it doesn't happen at uh the the structural midpoint of this of the script like usually a big moment ha happens usually right right it happens right. a little well, bit towards the end um, right yeah. well also the 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 moment it seems like the inciting incident because one the one there's two things that i that i struggled with i think mm -hmm. that the lack of a very clear protagonist whom because i read the pilot way way back when and i know who's number one on the call sheet right you know what i mean right, right like i i have a clear i have an i have a hunch of who the protagonist is when in when this writing but i think the lack of a clear protagonist and the fact that the inciting incident happens off screen and before we even get into the story mm -hmm. makes it difficult for of what you were saying like a consolidation of all the plots together at the midpoint you well know what i mean and, Cause, right. and 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 i do want i, I kind of want to challenge that idea of the, of the, the inciting because there's yeah okay so this is the other thing when when you're watching a show right so inciting the inciting incident to me and of course the inciting incident is the thing that kind of launches you into story right launches mm -hmm. us into um the the connections that we all find between these characters and the reason why we continue to watch it um mm -hmm. so yeah that that incident that happens is the thing that kind of sets kugi on that first like that that's kind of his kind of launching point right uh, him 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 finding that dead body but to me like the inciting incident of the show is kugi's death like that's it that's the inciting uh, incident of the entire of the show or of right. the season, right? Right, right. Um, but then each character has their own tech, technically, and this is, so there's something called like fractals that I, I read about in some book I can't remember uh, in school. And they were talking <laughs> about basically like, you know, each each branch on a tree is a tiny version of that branch is a tinier version of that branch. And they kind of equate right. that to story, right? right so like right. The, the if the episode is a tree, then the branches are the different character stories, right? And each one right. of those have separate branches. So meaning right. like that tree being the episode has an inciting incident, but right. each character within it has their own inciting incident. So for me, right. like Brandon, we, you know, not inciting incident, but we, they have their own like call to action or, or we right. have their own little, little personal story that they're going through right? That, that usually connects to the overall, that tree branch, that one tree branch. But this one is a little different. We don't like Brandon right. wanting to get his job on the line. And right. like, that's what he's shooting for has nothing to do. Nothing to do with it. his his brother's death or no. or the inciting incident of of, of Kugi's or, the, or finding that dead body have nothing. Right. To do. Well, and the, and what you're saying to me, does that mean that this pilot it actually is all ex exposition? Because if like if I'm looking at this like, all right, so I'm, uh, I'm and I, it, I know it's different mediums, but like yeah. I'm writing a movie, all this shit would happen in the first 10 pages. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? The, this entire pilot, which is about a an hour. You know, you know, sixty page long pilot would have happened in ten pages if this was a movie, because like if I'd the say entire maybe thirty pages, if 30 I was pages. going, that's right. what I would say. I would say all that would happen in the first act. Right, right, yes. exactly. That's what I well, would no, say. No, 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 because like, because if Kugi is trying to get people going, then Kugi's death would have happened page ten, twelve. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah. yeah, no, I can see that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, so. You know, I guess that's, uh, you know, now that I think about it, I guess, like, if we're looking at TV in 2018, you know, there was a, a general sense that what we were watching is that we're not watching 
um, hour long dramas. What we're watching is we're watching 10 hour movies, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, yeah it, 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 it does function. It does function differently. Like, again, like, mm-hmm. you know, like you watch these other dramas again, this is an, and this is an ensemble too. Like this is, right, this is right, different. Right. So we are, I am kind of comparing it to the last drama that we watched, which was like mm-hmm. a, you know, it was political, but it was more like a financial, yeah, yeah. you know, New York's based, you know, drama in billions yeah. that we were um, referencing. But this one, like you could compare it to, and of course, like very loosely to a game of Thrones where you have multiple different, but even in then, like those, all those inciting incidents, all are connected to the same, tree you know even when like even on the uh, the way they're introduced this one not so much and that's i think that's why it's a little different you know well no that's amazing because like you know what i mean i'm about to reject everything i just said because if we're thinking about thrones this is not a game of thrones podcast we're not even gonna open up that fucking can no no no, not yet (laughs) (laughs) not till we hit the episode but when we think about game of thrones like it's until Jamie spoiler until Jamie pushes Brandon off the you know out of the tower mm-hmm. like the crux of the, the the plot of the entire season doesn't really start until Cookie gets killed the crux of the entire season doesn't start so I guess my question if and I is is when you're making a pilot you know what I mean what is like what is your um just the moment where where do you place that big moment yeah and like and like how much do you like because that runs the risk of like if i'm watching a pilot and everything is just basically exposition and i'm just kind of waiting for the season to really start yes you know what i mean like what like like is where do, do you I, put it because you were right. saying like you wanted to put so like again i was trying to put the episode at 30 pages you instinctively we're like you need that first 10 pages has to hook you so if you don't kill kooky at page 10 then it's not gonna launch the reader into wanting to continue to read right sure sure right um so in that sense like when you're talking about game of thrones what's the thing so if the if the big moment happens at the very end what's the thing that can is going to sustain you through this through that episode is that what you're kind of talking about Right, but it's yeah, and it's like, well, with Game of Thrones, like all of a sudden we have the we have that. I think it's a cold open. We we didn't watch it before this. We're just, uh, I think it's a cold open where we have the zombies. So Mm -hmm. I'm watching it, being like, oh shit, are they gonna be fucking zombies? So if we go back to the shy, like what happens in that initial thing that hooks us in the beginning that's gonna carry us through the entire. So yeah, let's talk about the opening of the shy. So like Uh the opening of the shy is like pure black boy joy. You know what I'm saying? Kugi is is out there like he's having the time of his life on his bike. Very very handsome young man. Yeah, big giant curly hair. (laughs) Big giant curly hair. He's smiling. He's running Uh to the basketball court. He's shooting from half court like every little black kid tried to do. At least in my state here in North Carolina, I don't know. We also have. We also have a uh, we also have um uh Chance the rapper before yes. before the drop off right before before he yeah okay yes but yeah well, at the height of his powers at AK, the height yeah, of his powers. you know we have Chance the rapper behind just bumping you know representing Chicago he's uh-huh. and he and he's just enjoying his life and they I think Rick Fam- Famuyiwa does a fantastic job of like showing the passage of time where Kugi yeah. is literally enjoying his entire day. 
on that bike and and having the best time of his life. So what yeah. what I think is one one we're trying to be endeared to him. He does some things at the uh, 77th Mart with with uh, Habib and Amir where he mm. like negotiates getting some some candy and food, and then it, it's a really you know wholesome uh, for lack of a better term opening, and then. Right. It and it gets even more wholesome. He goes and sees a little dog, but then there's a little hint of darkness when he looks at that stash house, right? Uh-huh, he, uh-huh. He, he looks at that stash house and they do a little push in on that door. It's like they're not taking care of the dog, but he's Coogie's gonna come take care of that dog. They're yeah. doing some foolishness up in there, but Coogie's right. gonna take care of the dog, give him some snacks and love on him a little bit, right? Right, right, right. Just to just to make the fact that he's about to run up on a dead body even more terrifying. So then, <laughs> like after he takes care of the dog, he he finds his dead body, right? And, and th- for me, okay, does this hook me? In a way, it does because of the way, what it does in terms of world building, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. This yeah. is the thing that this show does that I think is underrated uh, because you do have to watch it and think about it a little bit more to really mm-hmm. understand what they're doing. To show a young boy not see a dead body and scream and run away, you, right. you know, and of course, we've seen this before, you know, some you know some very notable black 90s movies do this as yeah, well yeah yeah but um but to do it today especially post uh trayvon and all that kind of thing we're yeah. seeing um this young boy see this dead body and does something not not only was he not terrified by it but he also does something very questionable more morally right right, right. he steals his chain takes his shoes right. and so like that's the thing that hooks you you know what i mean yeah, it's like yeah what is coogie so we see this wonderful like nice handsome young man just riding yeah. having a good black boy joy day take right. care of a little dog and then he steals the shoes and chain off of a dead body right. Right. so it just it does so much for world building it it doesn't it, it tells us who coogie is but it also yep. not only that it's not only about like building his character but it's also like building out the world telling us like what right. these little kids what right. these kids are experiencing here in this time in this place called the shy that we're experiencing right and it creates a um it, then it also creates a mystery so right. we, we see the dead body and we're like okay so what is, what's going on with this dead body who killed and that's it a, right who killed right. It? and also, i have to yeah yeah and i have to kind of remember too like what hooks me elijah martinez at 36 years old mm-hmm. you know <laughs> living in brooklyn is is I can't I can't when I'm looking at these pilots I can't think about like okay what is just gonna hook me because yeah I'm gonna get hooked by some fucking zombies I'm a nerd yes. but like you know what I mean like what is it within the pilot and within the specific storytelling that is the hook mm-hmm. and you're absolutely right like that is the hook. it's the world building it's the mystery of the dead body and it's this very charismatic young black kid who all of a sudden we care about and we're concerned because literally after he steals the stuff he gets arrested right right so there's and then like we go from there to somebody cook chopping up food right out of the blue, right so we and, right. And so so which is after, a great juxtaposition you right, know what i mean like right. you have you have dead body you know what i mean you have literal like you know a literal meat and and coogie treats almost the kid like meat Hey, you know, hey, and then now the, you're hitting on something there. Yeah. Oh you're shit! On something oh there. shit! Using that <laughs> Ivy League. I was about to say you you hitting on something with that one. I didn't think about that one like that. Yeah. Well, that's well 
No, yeah. that's good though. That's good because they they that is something that you see. That's your director your director brain coming into play. That's that tra- those transitions uh, <laughs> for sure. I'm I'm being dead serious. Like yeah, yeah. you know, um, but certainly yeah. And it like you said, he treats him like a piece of a piece of meat. He pulls mm-hmm. something off of it, and then right after that, we see Brandon. He's chopping up some steaks. You right. know. Um, right. And he and he has a great line. It's it's not my coldest line, but he has a great line when he's like mm. uh, talking about the fish. He's like fish eating fish, the squid. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the yeah. Fish. He's like, yeah. Now you're gonna fry it, serve it up to some hipster. Uh, some hipster. It's a circle of motherfucking life. <laughs> <laughs> that delivery yeah, was yeah. fired too he, yeah yeah he was a killer anyway yeah um, yeah yeah like the, like the lead jason and jason mitch uh jason mitchell is 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 working on 100 during this entire episode yeah. um yeah. but i mean the whole cast is like not just yeah. him but like i think it's, this is a very strong cast very strong cast yeah so let's talk a little bit so we already started getting into it but let's talk a little bit yeah. more about the way they introduce characters yeah, yeah. Um, so we already introduced Coogie and Brandon, but let's get mm-hmm. let's get into the, the the other characters and like kind of comment on like how they were introduced and why sure. it's important. Who who's next? Who's next to get introduced? Uh I'm I think it's Kevin. No. Kevin. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think Ke- I think Kevin and comes Keisha. up next. Kevin and Keisha, yeah. Kevin and Keisha. Um and then, and, I, and I'm gonna hop ahead real quick because ahead, I just want to yeah. address this before I lose it. Sure. Each character gets introduced, and their soundscape is very, very different. Which okay, I which I love. And I mean, I only really remember thinking in hindsight, Kugi and and Ronnie because Ronnie has this kind of like jazzy, bluesy kind of soundscape when he gets mm-hmm. introduced, and then Kugi has the chance to rapper needle drop. But when I think back, even Kevin, even Emmett, even um brandon they all have different soundtracks which is a very kind of like almost anime kind of thing you know what i mean because yeah, every it's old yeah. school it's like it's like yeah. uh the old them old black and white movies my mama used to make me watch mm-hmm. where each character had a uh what was it i can't who's mr what's the what's the uh the, not not the movie it is a movie but it's a book too with mr darcy i can't remember it's like Pride and Prejudice or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's Pride and Prejudice. Yeah, my mom made, made me watch that when I was growing up, and uh, and and she would bring up that every character had a little motif, little a musical yeah. theme. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And um, theme, yeah. that as a musician, that really hit me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Going yeah. forward, so yeah, they do that kind of thing, that old school type of thing, where each person yeah. has a little little theme little, music or something. A little theme music. Yeah. Uh, so Kev, Kev, so jumping back, Kevin, we we're introduced to Kevin and Keisha. They're walking down the street. Uh, Kevin wants to text a girl with Keisha's phone, and uh, Keisha kind of, you know, Keisha's his older sister, so he kind of jazzes her him a little bit. But eventually, he gets the phone and he he texts this girl, um, can, which can, is really sweet. I, and Kevin's played by the kid, one of the kids from Moonlight. Yes, yes, the the youngest version of uh the character in moonlight um but yeah i did want to make a note of this too since you since we're talking about kevin and keisha and this is a uh i don't know if this is a rick family you will thing also as the director but they introduce him in front of that mart that seventh street mart where coogie mm-hmm. you know does the negotiation with old buddy too you know what i mean right, so it's right, like right, rooting right. rooting like the neighborhood and these characters right. in that neighborhood by by constantly showing that particular corner right, right 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 yeah so it's no right, it's right. no accident that they introduced that character at that at that mark 
but right, yeah. right, 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 right. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, we got Emmett. I believe Emmett's next. If it, 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 is it Emmett or Ronnie? I gotta go through my notes. Um, yeah, no, we cut to we we no 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 we get yes yes we okay cut, yeah we it's, cut. it's Ronnie yeah. it's Ronnie. Mm-hmm. So then then we introduce Ronnie and Ronnie like he comes out he comes out the door and essentially Ronnie is introduced as like a lone wolf kind of old school uh drunker like <laughs> ne'er-do-well kind of guy who uh-huh. just hangs on the corner with two young guys and talks shit with them all the time uh-huh. he talks about like how he's in recovery he used to be an alcoholic or whatever but uh we find out a little so this is this, and and it's ronnie's introduced and ronnie's introduction that kind of yeah it itches the back of my brain a little bit right and and the way his story launches everybody else has like a little launching point brandon I uh, got to get my shot on the line, man, so I can get my right. money and I can get my job and then I can go, you know, start my business, whatever. Then we got Kevin. Right. Uh, I need your phone because I'm going to, you know, I got to get a girlfriend and blah, blah, blah. And then Keisha's like, she's, uh, you know, Keisha's skipping because, you know, we were about to see what she's about to get into. And mm-hmm. then uh, Ronnie, it's like Ronnie's talking about this young boy and his girlfriend, he's hollering at girls, which launches them into an introduction to the fact that he used to have this girl named Tracy, but she's not his girl no more. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. he got my son, but it's not even his son. And then guess what happens right after that? The fucking cop rolls up. <laughs> and, not, and not only does the cop roll, roll up just to shake him down for no reason, he shakes him down to tell him about the very son he was just talking about. <laughs> just got killed. That's well, a little bit of the plot glue issue that I'm right. talking about. You know what right. I mean? And- Right, and we know that, like, you know, the detective Armando Cruz and Ronnie have a previous relationship, yes. so it makes sense. However, it does kind of come out of nowhere, and it also feels like everybody, like you said, everybody is has a pretty clear trajectory, and it feels like Ronnie has a pretty clear trajectory. He's, like, drinking juice. It looks like he's trying to get his shit together right. at least a little bit. Right. I mean, he's still kind of a, you know, he still, like, sec- like street harasses this woman, but, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, there's something, he there's something a little bit redeemable about him yeah and until armando cruz shows up and then fucks his whole life up right you know right so his story is a little bit it's a little bit less it's just less strong i'd say i'd say personally absolutely but um that's kind of the that's pretty oh and then and then right after that we get emmett right emmett gets introduced well actually we have to switch them emmett happens right before ronnie he does okay Uh, yeah i was looking at my notes emmett and keisha that's right i'm looking at mine too yeah you're right yeah that's right that's right (laughs) emmett and keisha right sorry about that so emmett emmett and keisha get introduced right emmett and keisha get introduced before ronnie but um yes and they you know keisha we find out what keisha's doing why she's skipping she's she's having Uh sex with emmett um uh-huh. you know they're in in the middle of it they have a really funny kind of sex scene and um then and emmett's looking out for his mom so immediately we know yeah like emmett he lives at home with his mother he's got multiple yeah. kids uh he also has girls on the side you know he yeah, yeah he's messing with this this young lady um and so then we find out about emmett's story and like emmett has a new baby potentially you know mm-hmm. um and and he has a relationship with Keisha who not so now mm-hmm. we start putting together threads like we got we got Keisha we've got Emmett and we've got Kevin mm-hmm. they're now connected um, All right. so that's how these these characters get intro- these main characters get introduced and then these the side characters are all connected to them in some kind of way um and right. they begin to uh as as initially we 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 introduce these these main kind of foundational characters all the other ones start to begin to 
congeal, you know, be, yeah. find, find connections and threads within each other. Yes, yes. So it very slowly, not the, the, the show, as, as you just said, the show starts to uh, fall into place. Because even we find out that the kid who gets killed that we saw way, way, way back in the beginning is Ronnie's son. You know what I mean? Which then puts Ronnie on the hunt for who his killer is. And we know instinctively that at some point in time, that's going to push him into Kugi because Kugi's the last person to, to see the kid before the cops does, you know, and, and Kugi's got the kid shit. You know what I mean? We also know that like we see eventually down the line that the same detective who talks to Ronnie is the one that is, is talking to Kugi. The only thing that I guess a bit of a, you know, a critique about all this is that it makes this neighborhood feel ex- very, very small because it's, we're only seeing like six, seven people and they all seem to like interact and know each other. Um, there's a lot of truth to that, but also like, you know, when they're dealing with like places like downtown, the expand the how big this community is starts to shrink and warp and and shift in an in a interesting way yeah and there and there are like references to that as well right so like mm-hmm. there's one shot where um before Kugi finds the dead body or where he's standing on that corner it says 79th and i can't remember the other one but it's mm-hmm. 79th street he's on a corner of 79th and something right but on the the mart the little market that everybody finds their way to somehow i don't think every main character touches it at one point um mm-hmm. is on 77th street so we're made to believe that everything that we see is happening between two blocks and i think that's done on purpose as well right yeah of course like everything like when you're talking about the community being small we only go outside of it when brandon is at work we assume yep. and then yep. when we're at jerica's house so jerica is brandon's girlfriend who the mother brandon's mother references as being far living far out you know uh-huh, living outside uh-huh. the neighborhood she said i gotta right. come all the way out here to see my son it's bad enough i gotta come all the way out here to see my son right 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 uh, right. and that's kind of part of the uh tension between J- jerica brandon's girlfriend right. and brandon's mother and that's a right. really interesting re- i really liked some of those those little um subtle moments between them too because yeah that's certainly the way like my son is dating this bougie girl right i don't like her she ain't from the neighborhood right, you know, right she got right. money she got a nice car he ain't even got a car and he right. thinks he's better than us he's 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 and of course he's entering a, a field which is a uh it's a blue collar field but it, it caters right. to the the super rich which is a really interesting thing so yeah. i got one question it's just a silly thing yeah, yeah. it's a prequel to the bear <laughs> Is this a prequel to the bear? <laughs> uh, yeah, actually, let's let's shift no, that. Let's, okay, let's just say the shy I got something and the bear for you. Exists in the same in the universe. same universe and shameless. But but and listen, shameless. The, the funny thing is the um one of the main char- not main characters one of the v- like I'll say third level characters on the bear the black guy who um who was a baseball player he's uh-huh. in the shy. Yo, you know what I'm saying? He is Dude. Ronnie's buddy. He's one of Ronnie's buddies, and low key, he 100 could be the same character if you really thought about it. Dude, we're totally we're <laughs> we're going with this. We're going with this. Everyone, all right. So, Flash news, news. The Bear and the Shy are in the same universe. Yes. you can't tell us otherwise. <laughs> right, old buddy. So, old buddy that was hanging out with Ronnie on the corner. He goes gets a job uh-huh. at, at Beef at, at what's uh-huh. it called, Chicago Lands. <laughs> Whatever the sh- whatever the old yeah, uh, at the beef it's at the, the beef, beef in the beginning, yeah he yeah. goes he goes works at the best beef in Chicago land 
<laughs> right after that, because he saw Ronnie, he saw Ronnie and he was like, I don't want to be this man. <laughs> I don't want to be Ronnie. I don't want to go down this path. He's like, I had a baseball career. I was, I got, you know, I got, I got cut. Uh, I got, you know, I started drinking, but you know what? I see Ronnie. I don't want to be him. I'm going to, yeah, yeah. I'm going to go work at the beef anyway. <laughs> so that's something I noticed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All, right. All right. So let's favorite scenes. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite scene? My favorite scene. Okay. Favorite scene. Ooh, honestly, it's sad. It's really sad. Mm-hmm. But the my favorite scene was the funeral. The yeah, Montu. funeral, and then Montu. like the continual the continuation of it afterwards, the interaction with his mother, with Brandon's yeah. mother. So like, yeah, well, I mean, Coogie's funeral, right? Mm-hmm. So Brandon, first yeah, of all, they, there's two funerals. Yes, two funerals in the show. No. Yes. So uh, the they have a really beautiful singer there that, and I she was very good. I was like, is she like a real R and B singer or some shit? But she was she was fantastic. Then, nice. um, Brandon delivers this amazing speech about his brother um mm-hmm. and and it's and, and it was like the most emotional part for me and it really I, and it hit me you know it mm-hmm. was one of those things about this show where the camp and the melodrama kind of keep you at a certain uh emotional level tonally and then yeah, all distance. of a sudden it really there's a distance to it yeah but th- it, but yeah. this speech and his performance really like really really grabbed me um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that change, it kind of changed and shifted. Like when we talk about tonal shifts, usually we talk about in, in TV shows, we usually are talking about like extreme violence that happened out of nowhere or like, right. um, you know, uh, f- all of a sudden this is a comedy one before. But this one really shifted the tone for me in a good way. And, and it made mm-hmm. everything that we had seen, all the violence that we had seen up to this point, really, really kind of hit home. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I like that scene, but I really, really love the way he interacted with his mother that mm. that interaction afterwards like i don't know personally and you know this is me you know i'm, I'm gonna get a little personal on this podcast but <laughs> me and my mom we are we're in a good place now but we certainly like I, i've been branding you know like you know <laughs> we've been, all been, I, I've been branding before you know what i'm saying like yeah got a new got a new woman in my life mom that kind of makes the tension between mom a mm. little funny um certainly never experienced tragedy like that but just that interaction was was definitely it felt really authentic and um mm-hmm. the performances were great so that's my favorite scene what about you yeah what was great about that speech is that um is that and i've like and i've you know we've all hopefully you know god willing you haven't but we've all been to funerals especially black funerals and what is really interesting um about them when you when you step back is the fact that like especially those eulogies most people are not trying to cry most people a lot of those eulogies are are jokes a lot of those eulogies are are great stories a lot of those eulogies are are attempts at joy and that's what i really saw about that speech you know i think i've read i've read some of these kind of speeches you know set in like a, a funeral or, or or whatever and they tend to be very kind of like heavy and sad and da 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 but it's like that's not exactly how we do it you know what i mean and then the the emotion actually comes from the fact that you're trying not to cry you're trying not to break down right you know um and he has that wonderful line uh where he says like correction because it says here in the program that um charles frederick johnson was survived by his mother and older half-brother 
It's true, we had different fathers, but I loved him with my whole body. So I don't see how he could have been my half-brother. You know, I, there's, I need to, I need to make a, I need to make a change to the program. You know, they, he, he's listed as my half brother, but I love them with my whole body. I don't, I don't know how he could be half to me. I'm paraphrasing, but like, is that your which coldest is just, line? It is, your, it is on your list of coldest. <laughs> is it your coldest line? Don't give up my coldest line. Are you kidding? Oh my goodness, it's mine. It's mine. But I'm asking, you, is it yours? It is it is a dope line. I don't want to like just like like co-sign your shit. No, though. no. I mean, if it is yours, it's yours. What? No. Okay. I'm sorry. I I didn't mean to step on you. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Uh, but the, which but that is truly just it's a very beautiful line and and very theatrical. You know what I mean? Um, very poetic. Uh, which then like laces in what is one of the real strengths of this pilot is the fact uh, is the theatricality is the poeticness of these moments. Yeah. So uh, safe to say that is your favorite scene. Actually, no. Okay. And, uh, and not to, and not to be weird. It's not my favorite. It is one of my favorites. Okay. Um, not to be weird. I really like the scene between Emma Emmett and Keisha. That was my second. That was my yeah. second favorite. And I, and I felt the same way. I was like, it, 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 yeah, it is a little weird to say because it's like, you know, they're they're literally but but it, it, it was it's, it's like it was very real. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it was a very real um, depiction, like even the nudity because of it, because of like the the authenticity within that sex scene. The nudity yeah. wasn't. No, it wasn't gratuitous. Not it was a, like exactly. Yes, it wasn't gratuitous. It it didn't it. It didn't feel for me. It didn't feel erotic. No. It felt like, you know what I mean. If it reminded me of of the awkward experiences that I had as a kid, right, right, and, right. And I think that there was so much. There was so much kind of truth to that. Yeah. And I know there's a there's a lot of conversations now happening about like sex and TV and like you know uh, and sex scenes and TV. And a friend of mine, uh, a writer. Uh, would always say about sex scenes is that you need to learn more about the characters after the sex scene than you do at the beginning. It's just like violence. It's just like any other scene. And for that, I instantly I know who these two people were. You know, in the way that the nudity was treated, in their uh, attempt at at having some kind of sexual relation, and then the conflict that was kind of springing up about it, in it. You know, plus it's also hilarious that she had to go underneath the bed and then the mom shows up, instantly knows that she's underneath the bed. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it just, good. it's, yeah, it was just great. It was a great. That was a good one. Uh, that was, a st- that was a second on my list for, for everything you just said. Um, yeah. Is it, is I also, it, yeah. Last one. One more. Go ahead. I love the, uh, I love the scene, the um, uh, scene where he finally has to sing. Kevin oh yeah very sweet yeah Yeah, it was good okay and i got a question for you on that one right so being a theater kid i really one thing i really did like about the show um and when we talk about just characters side characters but i really love the teacher just for yeah because because we we're meant to believe right that these kids are at this all black hood school whatever like that you know what i'm saying Uh and um we've seen all the things that people outside of that community might might see as bad and terrible and like why right. would you ever want to go to this is the school you don't want to go to this is the neighborhood you don't want to live in and then right. we've got this really really endearing scene in inside of this school inside yeah. of this like creative space and uh the teacher's just so like 
even the way that he communicates with them is so theatrical and yeah like, yeah the way he talks like he has that big theater voice and he's yeah, like yeah. really friendly and and encouraging but also like yeah. a little a little uh sharp with them too so it was just it was a yeah. really good one that was a good one and literally that's what happened to me as a kid i was so about to like, ask you yeah yeah that happened to me as a kid so i like just like kevin uh, I signed up for uh, I signed up for a school show. I mean, I wasn't trying to holler at a girl, but I did sign up for a school show. <laughs> Didn't show up to the audition, and then the teacher found me and then made me come into the into the rehearsal. Nice, you know what I mean. I didn't have to perform in front of everybody. I think that's a little traumatic. Yeah, that is traumatic. <laughs> that's oh like low goodness. key. Yeah, that's low key. He might have therapy after that. Right. However, <laughs> Name? however, that Kevin yeah. Williams. All right, get your ass up there and sing a song. <laughs> what? <laughs> Not, a, not only sing any song, sing slide some oil. Like that's a hard song. Hey, what? <laughs> uh, but it's it it was very true. You know what I mean. And that's the thing about this whole pilot is that what's really great about it, this isn't the, it isn't the wire. It's clearly no. you can see it's clearly written by somebody who is a part of the community and loves it. You know what I mean. And loves it and loves it. It's somebody who's inside looking out. Rather than what often ha- happens with these is outside looking in, right? You know, right. and when we 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 were talking about res dogs, similar kind of situation. Mm-hmm. This is people who are inside looking out, and we are invited into this space. Yeah, you know? that's so interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I wonder why we're choosing these, but <laughs> maybe that's <laughs> maybe that's something that we're trying to do too. Uh, with, yeah, with our yeah, stuff, absolutely. And absolutely. I think you might be on to something with that one as well. But yeah, like that was a that was a great scene too. Uh, yeah. Least favorite scene. I'm I'm gonna go ahead and go first. All right. Go uh, my least favorite scene for a lot of reasons was Ronnie in seeing seeing the dead body on the slab, and then the the wife getting upset, yeah. and then yeah. Armando Armando Cruz, the the detective, the white detective, one of the few yeah. white characters in this show, literally killing Coogie with one line. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> It was just stupid <laughs> as hell. Like he, this motherfucker, consists. He is the true villain of yeah. this show. <laughs> yeah, and like you, you want you feel for him in a way, but you, you're like, you how do. dumb can you be? Like, you do. Yeah. I hated that scene. I hated the one, the, <laughs> the mom just crying, and you got yeah. my baby. It was just so. Yeah. And then, like, even the way that we got there, right? Like, we we stuck him in the. He stuck him in the car, the the cop car, to tell him. That his son, yeah. his 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 son, his stepson, or whatever, right, was dead, and then he was like, "Can I see him?" So, like in my mind, I'm like, "Okay, well, he wasn't gonna show you the dead body until you t- till you asked." Yeah, but that- like, where were they driving to? Like, right, exactly. Like, why did he? Why did he jack? Him? He did not need to jack him. Jack up. him up, I- like grabbed him down, like patted him down, and Pat all him that, down. and then whispered, "It's about your son." Like what? <laughs> like, like what, my dude? Like. You could have just you could have called me, right? You know what I mean. Or you, you, it could have been like any other time when somebody dies, right? You knock on the door and 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 and, and deliver the news. Yeah, you don't jack like, somebody up and like throw them in a cop car. So anyway, that I, that was like a plot issue for me, but yeah, I just didn't I, like the scene. I didn't like it. I I get that there that the there sent there was a sense that like Roddy at at some point in time was like doing something for the cops because yeah. he said something like I don't do that no more. So like maybe bubbles. he was like a. Yeah, like bubble. Maybe Ronnie's bubbles. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. However, like he's a snitch. But however, it just it there was no payoff to that at the end, and all it all it did was just get Ronnie to the police station, 
to see his and then why didn't the estranged wife call it's there's so many questions right right right, right. Questions. so yeah that's my least favorite what, what was your least favorite uh that one actually mm-hmm. not to rag on the estranged wife but when the estranged wife was like you need to find the the man who murdered us yeah. i was like uh, <laughs> i was like damn really you just you're gonna send your your yes. alcoholic ex-husband right on a on like the punisher down the streets of chicago on an assassination mission (laughs) and then the other part is like so like ronnie this is the thing so like this is this is the again i'm sorry to the to the right you know no disrespect but this is the this is the weakness to me of ronnie's story Mm -hmm. i don't want to put it in a harsh way but he did everything he did to get his to get some woman to get to get a woman (laughs) i'm not gonna say it in a harsh way i want to say he gets it. it He does, yeah. he does, but he did everything just to, just so he could hit it. I'm just saying, everything he did was just so he could get back with his girl. Am I am I lying? Am I lying? You know what? It it, it if it's on the he page, killed a little boy just so he, he killed gets a pussy. A I'm just saying, boy, which is which is he also like. I was like, I was like, and this is not against the actor. I think the actor's doing a great job, but it's like he he comes after the boy sees the chain and the first thing he does is like whip out his gun and the, it's a kid it's like four, it's and i get boy. it like, it's a little and i get it like i you know i don't you have a son i don't have a son so you know what i mean like i i don't know what i would be feeling in that moment I but i could probably I, tell you yeah. i could probably tell you my first reaction if i see this kid with a chain isn't just to whip out my gun no no and blow him away right i mean i couldn't yeah well that's probably yeah. that was actually my second least favorite scene probably yeah the one with yeah. Ryan and the boy for for obvious reasons you know for reasons of, yeah. of seeing the violence and seeing Coogie get shot was terrible but just the whole yeah. way that it went down like again it's all connected to, to, to kind of like the flimsiness of ronnie's story and like that yeah. being the main kind of again the catalyst that, that brings all the characters together like we right. needed Ronnie's story needed to be, to me, it needed to be stronger because of it being the thing that forged these four main stories together, you know? Right. Well, and also because Emmett and Brandon and Kevin have very strong stories. And we know that Brendan is on, Brendan and Ronnie are going to crash together. Yes. yes. I, I haven't seen the rest of the season, but the promise of the pilot is that these two are going to run into each other. They have to. Right. You right. Know? So, uh, I mean, even at the end of the pilot is like, so what you going to do? So the next episode is that is Brandon answering that question of whether or not he's going to confront Ronnie or not. Yes. You know, and that brings me to my theory of cl- my cliffhanger theory. Okay. Uh huh. I have a cliffhanger theory. All right. That the, that season three of the bear is actually going to be <laughs> season eight of Chicago Shy. Yo, <laughs> that shit would be crazy. And like all the characters from the Shy just showed up in the bear somehow. But, um, no, my click, my cliffhanger theory is that there are only three kinds of cliffhangers um, mm-hmm. ever, right? Um, the first, and of course, like if you find them or if you think this is stupid, please feel free i love to argue with you Um, (laughs) but this is what i this is what i've noticed right so the first one is called the big reveal right the big reveal Mm -hmm. so at the end of a scene but really at the end of an episode if there is a giant reveal that happens uh you know i don't want to bring i'm gonna do it again i'm bringing up game of thrones because game of thrones does almost all of them in one. It's a it's a burning great question. Fucking pilot. It is, and we're gonna do it. <laughs> Sorry, but this is not that. There's a burning question. There's a big reveal, or there's a main character activate. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's where 
uh, the main character, the main character has been pushing against something, something the entire episode. And at the very, very end, they decide to do the thing that they have been trying not to do the whole time. Mm -hmm. The big reveal is like, oh, the big mystery box has been open. And that is the Pandora's box that's going to launch us in the series. The burning question mm -hmm. is what's in that box essentially right what what was mm -hmm. what's the thing uh what's the what's the answer to the question and sometimes like they have to be to be a burning question it has to be really strong this one like what are you going to do not not incredibly strong but we do want to mm -hmm. know potentially what what is brandon going to do and is this a main character activated is this going to turn brandon into what he was going to be a nice like right. you know restaurant tour but now he's going to be a killer he's going to be a gangster right. and change course we don't know so right. uh so I just named the ones that I saw. Though that's my cliffhanger theory. I'm trying to make it a thing. I'm going to bring it up <laughs> more. I don't care. Um, but those are the things that I've seen in this nice. particular one. I think I I think it's solid. I can't wait for the book. Uh, <laughs> that's all I got. It'd be a short book. It'd be uh, one chapter, <laughs> literally. That's all It'll I got. End on the cliffhanger. That's like the only original idea I think that I've had <laughs> about an analysis. <laughs> well yeah and we and and we definitely get that at the end you know we, kevin is 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 active brendan is activated and um and so we're left like kind of um wondering where what direction that's going to lead all right so who do you got for your steph curry word we we give the steph curry award to the actor who actor actress uh however creative however they want to describe themselves as the person who cannot miss who has not missed a single episode every three-point shot they shoot is right switch in the basket who you got i actually got i i did rick famuyiwa Ooh, yes. all right I, I, director I, yes i did i i gave him i gave the director i gave it to the director i loved what he did and I, li I like the visual storytelling, right? So a couple of things again, like he did, he did these shots that that signal things. Like again, he he kept on showing us the seventy seventh mark just to ground us in the, mm -hmm. the the place and space. He did a couple of things that I really liked too. One one thing I really enjoyed was in the scene with Kugi and Armando Cruz, the detective. When they sit down, the first thing they do is he shows their shoes. Like he shows them sit down and shows that mm -hmm. creaking of the chairs they both sit. But he's really showing their mm -hmm. shoes because he's about to set up a joke later, right? Mm -hmm, he's mm -hmm. setting up the joke between uh and the kind of endearing joke between Kugi and Armando, where Armando's like, uh, mm -hmm. what are those? He did the the old stupid joke, like the old what are those joke about his shoes, and then uh mm -hmm. You know, they kind of had that weird interplay, but it was all it was all these things like clearly somebody has a strong hand on the wheel here uh, mm -hmm. when it comes to it. It's not ham fisted. It's thoughtful. Um, mm -hmm. So, like, I, I just I just really appreciated a lot of the things that he did. Uh, nice. Directing wise. Nice. And we also have to shout out the the DP with that one, which is Ben Richardson, who's did like Beast of the Southern Wild mm -hmm. and like you know, Wind River, Merritt. He later will do Merritt East Town and Yellowstone. Oh, so nice. this the yeah, the DP for this is, you know, pretty awesome and epic and legendary. And so I think a lot of that that collaboration probably helped inform a lot of that. Mm -hmm. So which who you got? You know, I Jason Mitchell, of course, is 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 working on hundred. Uh, I think he really pushes the pilot forward. Um, but I'm going to give it to Yolanda Ross, who's Emmett's mother. Mm. I, she's only given maybe two or three scenes. I think two scenes. Mm -hmm. 
but has just a groundedness and a focus. Um, I know who this woman is. Um, I know her uh, point of view in terms of her relationship to her son. I know her point of view in terms of the relationship to her son's boyfriends, uh, girlfriends. You know, I know her, the her relationship to the children that are starting to come into her son's life. Like, I think Yolanda, I'm really, if I were to continue to watch this, I would really like look forward to seeing Yolanda Ross's scenes. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a good one, too. And I like how you're pulling in a, a lower level character, kind of finding that really nugget of excellence yeah you know what i'm saying yeah well because they're they're the ones who like you know what i mean like it's with you you need they're the ones who are going to bring you back to watching the show i I thought jacob Lattimore did a great job too both of them yeah 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 he stayed in it uh a lot of times when he had to be super super expressive and angry and yell and like bring it down and you know he yeah he did a great job too i don't want yeah so yeah, their, their scenes together, him him and his mother were fantastic. Nice. Um, so yeah, let's let's go through the A, B, C, potentially D stories. So the A, B, C stories are those individual stories that you find within every television. I I I I, I venture to say every episode of television that uh kind of are disparate. They're always usually carried by one character and they mm-hmm. they kind of connect to each other they're the they're kind of like the glue or the let's just put it like this they're like the layer cake that make the, mm-hmm. the full cake right um a story is usually like the one that gets the most screen time it's one that kind of carries the episode and then the rest uh usually cross the a story the b story crosses the a story c story usually does as well and then d mm-hmm. story sometimes c and d story are like small stories that um don't get a lot of screen time, but you find that they might be, be pretty important uh, moving forward. So which ones were the ones that you found in this one? Well, I think the and this is my question for this, because we have we do have a story that starts at the top, which is Coogie's story. Right. And then ends with the pilot. Um, and so my, my impulse and I and I may be wrong and please at me if I'm wrong. My impulse is to say that Coogie's story like uh what like is Coogie gonna get away with is Coogie gonna get out is Coogie gonna get set free and da 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 is the a story and then that's followed by uh Brendan and uh Ronnie's interaction which I think is going to carry us into the rest of the season um after Coogie's death if that makes any kind of sense mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, it, it, no, it was hard. No, I feel. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, hold on. I feel like I'm in. I feel like I. I feel just like I was when I was in like world history, uh, honor, and I ain't gone. I ain't come to class in. Like. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look. And you asked me, did you do your? <laughs> no, this one was hard, man. I'm not gonna lie to you. This one was really hard. Um, it was it's hard. This is hard. No, dude. Okay. This is the the reason why it's hard, and we talked about this before we start recording, or before we before we got into the the actual po- podcast uh, recording. It's hard because each one of those stories like kind of don't matter until Coogie dies, right? You see what I'm saying? Like Coogie yeah. has a story, but yeah. like his story only matters for him to pass away, really. So, it, right. you know what I'm saying? So, right. like, for me, r- what I did with this one, and again, like, these ABC stories are, they're they're really, like, they're subjective. They're, like, everybody can have different ones. Mostly, Most of the time when people are looking at the same thing, they'll find a similar story, right? Um, but this mm-hmm. is only for, like, 
reverse engineering for your own show later on. This isn't for like, you know, getting a grade. You know what I mean? It's really not, it's not no ABC grade. No, no, no. It's just kind of like being able to find just, just doing an exercise to try to find these stories. So for me, I found, I said, again, probably not great, not the best one, but I said, Brandon fights through the pain of his brother's death to land a job on the line. And that's it. Ah, All right. And then the second one, I said, Kevin tries out for the school play to meet a girl, but witnesses a murder. (laughs) I don't, they're not very strong. Ronnie, I said, Ronnie, all the time. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And then the third one, I said, Ronnie kills Coogie to get back with Tracy. So, like, when I I just tried to boil it down to just one sentence that kind of covered everything that they did. Gotcha. Um, so that's that's what I got for those. And like I said, so if I was gonna say Coogie, Coogie's story kind of falls under Brandon's. Yeah. Um, just because like everything he does again leads up to his his own demise. And while he does have a story, yeah, because it gets cut off and it's the catalyst for everybody else's, it's like everything he does kind of falls into that one. Yeah. You know what I'm which saying? Which is where yeah, which is where we which is where we have difficulty in terms of like who is this story about and like we can make the argument that like oh this is a story about a community however i do think that in tv and film like you do need a central protagonist to carry us through and though brendan is our central protagonist because we didn't we because we don't get to his story until you know seven eight minutes into the pilot it's like it becomes very elusive and when Ko- and because we, we're left with like all right it must be kooky this must be kooky's story it must be kooky's story and then kooky's killed and all of a sudden i'm like oh shit so what am i supposed what am i left with if this is my protagonist and i'm my protagonist is dead i'm like <laughs> right. not to talk about game of thrones again. I know. Like, <laughs> somebody was watching fucking game of thrones when they were writing this I- ah yeah I'm exactly like, you know what dead i'm saying ass, yeah. it's too much man it's too many yeah. con- like it's too many too many things that we can connect that show to yeah. then somebody like that show i'm just gonna say it <laughs> yeah um, but I, but then again i don't want to lose that beautiful scene at the beginning because like when we have kooky at the top we're introduced to the neighborhood in such a beautiful way and so i just don't know how um how clear telling the story of a neighborhood is without having a central protagonist you know it's the same thing with the wire like the wire gets very kind of like uh elusive and essentially gobbledygook as you as you proceed on and i know that's fucking blasphemy but i, I said it you know i agree with you uh, though, actually you know because you're like you're you're left with like okay who but whose fucking story is this who am i who, why am i tuning in I every think, time but you know and again this is not i don't want to get on a tangent but slightly my argument to it and i agree with you but my argument to it is that like it was just a different time that's what everybody says like it's a different yeah, way yeah. that we looked at tv and yeah. what the wire was doing was supposed to be groundbreaking i just can't see it as such because i wasn't watching it when it came out but right anyway this is the way i view tv right now um so yeah i mean those are the abc stories that i was able to identify and then nice. i think w- within those you find and this is a thing like again when we're when we're writing our stories when we're writing our scripts we're trying to figure out and this is actually really helping me i'm going to be honest with you this podcast is actually really helping me as i as i go through the process of writing and rewriting some of the scripts i'm working on is like trying to find 
one, just making sure that each one of those characters have a real strong path that they're going to. Right. That somebody can latch on to. And, and we're right. not just leaving people behind. We're not introducing people and leaving them behind. Right. But secondly, is like finding threads, making sure that each one of these threads are connected to each other or that we can imagine as the audience members where right. they could possibly go because that's what keeps you going like that's what keep, right whether the whether the thread goes there or not um it's it's like the anticipation of it that keeps you wanting to continue watching the show and it's right. the strength of those threads that makes you decide to come back like oh right i really I don't know about Ronnie's story, but Brandon's, I really want to know. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. So uh, for, for this one, what was like the threads that you saw that, that you, you can anticipate coming? Coming back to see. Yeah. Brandon, I mean, like you're, you're left with that question. I want to know what Brandon's going to do. You know, um, I'm really, really interested in that. Uh, Kevin and Kevin's uh, heartache and because <laughs> I think we all were awkward kids. Uh, not to, not to to go back to the Steph Curry award for one quick second. <laughs> I, I was having this thought while I was watching this again yesterday. I was like, Kevin, the the actor playing Kevin is doing such a good job of being a little kid who has a crush. Cause every time she shows up, he is so, you can see him trying so hard to be cool. And that is exactly what little kids do where he, he's just like, yeah, whatever, whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like, and he's kind of rude and like an asshole to her. And yeah. I'm like, I did the same exact shit. Because we like, didn't learn how to process our emotions. <laughs> That's why. Because <laughs> we did it. No, we didn't have enough shows like The Shy. We didn't. We didn't. God damn it. Uh, uh but okay so so kevin and and kevin and brandon's uh blooming relationship especially that brandon just lost his brother what what's going to happen with that um and then lastly i would say kind of emmett you know what i mean like is emmett going to become a a, a a father um like it's a just one. <laughs> like a good one. I've just I've seen that story so many times, right. particularly in like uh uh you know black literature that it, for me it's a little it, it's a little tropey. Um but the the guys doing such a great job. The mom is interesting. The son is super cute, you know what I mean? So there's there is something there. Yeah, the, the way they introduce the kid like makes me laugh. the little boy makes me laugh. Oh, that made me laugh. That made me laugh so hard. He just rolled the, up. <laughs> What did up. that p? What did that pa do to that child? Because he pulled he pulled that kid up. That kid is sobbing, sobbing already. <laughs> he just pulls. They pull him up in the stroller in the shoe store, and then the first thing, as soon as you see him roll into the into the frame, ah, and he's got tears in his eyes. I'm like, damn, what was happening to this little baby? And snot, snot yeah. roll like coming down his nose. I'm it like, la I laugh every time I see it. It was so funny, but um, no. So like for me, like I I saw. I was like, okay, who, what are the, what are the threads that I see could happen? Right. I was like, okay, Brandon is gonna, he's gonna own a restaurant one day, maybe. Okay. Brandon, and his girl, uh, mm -hmm. oh, Brandon, and his girl, and the chef's wife, Sarah, remember the Sarah, this, yeah, he's, Sarah he's crushing on Sarah and Sarah's crushing yeah. on him, but he's Sarah, got a girl. Sarah's a problem. She's a big problem. Sarah's, 
Sarah's a problem. She's I a saw problem. as soon as she, as soon as she showed up and they had that one scene at the end and she looked at him with her freckles. I was like, "Oh, you're a yeah, problem." It's over. It's <laughs> over. For, it's over for Brandon. Brandon's going down. Jerick is going to find out, and it's going to be a big problem. For <laughs> oh yeah, Jerick will find out quick, 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 right away. <laughs> so yeah, Eminem's relationship with his baby moms, his son, like all that kind of stuff. Eminem and Keisha, like, are they together? Like, what was that? A lot, of, a lot of mine were centered around obviously the, those main characters. I, I saw with Armando being good cop, and then he's got the guilt, and the right, asshole right. colleague th- that he that he works with is like asshole, you know, cop buddy. Yeah. That's not really his yeah. buddy. Yeah. Like, what's going on with that, uh, Ronnie? Uh, Ronnie and Kevin, because is Ronnie gonna try to kill? Ke- he's already killed a little boy. So, so right. For me, I, honestly, <laughs> so that that was that was my thing. I, honestly, the, the first time I saw this pilot, I was really scared for Kevin more than anybody. And Ronnie's just gonna become a serial killer kid. Yeah, like what? <laughs> I can't. Well, that was shocking. Like this this dude who, again, you you were somewhat endeared to him, but. Yeah. him to to perform and act like that i mean you can't it's like unforgivable again it's this show this show is like one of those shows where it it, it does again it it really doesn't judge you it, it does let right. you the show doesn't judge you unless the audience do it and so I'll, I'll say it does a fantastic job of that but um something about brandon's mom like brandon's mom being a drunk and like the issues yeah. she has with brandon's girlfriend and all that kind of yeah. stuff and like brandon kind of being this hood guy who's got this girl from you know the nice side of town you know yeah, what's yeah. that gonna what's that gonna turn into yeah, so yeah, yeah. those are the things yeah. that i see they're more like they're really interpersonal this is a good thing about the show you were talking about like who whose story is it and why it was difficult right. to find the abs and c's the good thing about this pilot is like yeah anybody can emerge as the main character at any point right and and i see right this is kind of the story of this show. What happened yes. in this show, you know, the yeah. the real story about what happened with this show is that other characters had to emerge as as others kind of dropped off. Right, that's a different, right. that's a different story. That's um, a, yeah, right. But but Elijah's already he's already stepped on my coldest line. We've already went through it. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not mad. <laughs> I'm not mad. But I do uh, want I do want to know yours though. I know you're. I know you're about to ask me. And actually, I spent most of this podcast figuring out a way that I can send you a signal that I didn't have one. <laughs> hey, it's no problem. It's no problem. No, those were hard too. Yeah. Listen, well, I mean, you, you mentioned it the way that you mentioned uh, that the one that ended up being mine. It sounded like that's the one that you, that you liked uh, the most, but you know, yeah, I, d- I dig that. And then um, I like scenes more scenes kind of stand out in my mind more than, yeah. more than lines um, in this. Um, like the scene between Emmett's mother with with Keisha underneath the bed and then her, the mother revealing that she knew that Keisha was under the bed the whole time and mm-hmm. like how you doing Keisha and then Keisha you know chiming in I'm good and like that like <laughs> that so there's nice. like little yeah there's like little tiny scenes and moments that I really dig um rather than like lines that were like that really kind of hit me I, I like this one this is another line i did like and it's not it's not oh. like the coldest line but it's like it's part of that scene that you were talking about when she's like the the mom brent oh no emmett emmett's mom emmett's mm-hmm. mom goes what i say what you, you said not to do it if all you're gonna do is fuck and get high up in here the least you could do is start paying your mother some rent i told you i'm working this friday what's your name girl who are you talking to What's your name, girl? Keisha. Keisha. 
You hungry, Keisha? You wanna stay for breakfast, Keisha? No. You like bacon, Keisha? Yeah. Shut up. Too bad, because the sausage was on sale. So that's what we having. Do you like bacon, Keisha? And then Keisha's like, <laughs> yes. And she's like, well, we're having sausages. Or, <laughs> or, but oh, sausages was on sale or something like that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're having yeah, sausages because yeah, yeah. it was on sale. So it was like, that, <laughs> I like that. That was pretty funny. That was pretty <laughs> that was good. Pretty funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very black was... momish. Very black yeah, momish. Um, very funny. All right, so let's go with the, uh, the Juneteenth Award. Juneteenth Award. Yeah, I mean, like that's tough. That's tough. That is like that is tough. I mean, we can give it to this whole episode. I know. Um, You know, we can give it to the whole cast. The whole whole cast. It's so black. It's very black. So it is unapologetically black. Yes, you know what I mean. Unapologetically, I will will give it to the show, the Juneteenth Award. Like this is a Juneteenth Award. It is a celebration Mm -hmm. of freedom in a real way. Like honestly, (laughs) yeah, truly. Like to be serious, it really is. Like it's it's a celebration of blackness. This show is well, and also it does a lot of like like. You know, it's like I said, it's post it's post Trayvon. And so we usually think like, okay, black people, hood, cops, okay, we're gonna see uh hands up, don't shoot. We're gonna see, you know what I mean, like some kid getting his ass kicked. We're gonna see like all the and it really doesn't go in those directions. I mm-hmm. mean, like, yeah, Coogie gets arrested, but he gets arrested by Armando, who is as much a part of the community as anything else. Right. You know right. what I mean? And so like it does really feel like this is a a show that is true to our experience and not just trying to uh profitize on our trauma yeah you know what i mean yeah. trauma is there but it is isn't the center of the narrative it's about the relationships that are happening in the community yeah yeah it's doing some great stuff like yeah you know i i had some critiques of it i still see the I critiques see- in there we but still do. Ultimately, we still have a lot of critiques. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to, to be a Juneteenth Award recipient in and of itself, to yeah. represent Blackness the way it does, I appreciate it. Um, so I'm, fair, I'm not This mad. is very prestigious. This is a very prestigious award. This that is we're, a very prestigious award. Uh, we we might even have to get trophies for it and <laughs> send it to the <laughs> showrunners when, when we get big. <laughs> oh my god uh, I, can just, I can just see the showrunners open this up and be yeah like, it looks like this like i have this uh i have this old trophy my girlfriend got me back in the day it says best boyfriend that she got in california <laughs> that's uh-huh. like three inches tall yeah that's that's kind of what it's probably going to be the juneteenth award we're just going to send them like a keychain <laughs> a little keychain <laughs> that has we'll, we'll we'll send them like a um <laughs> this is terrible we're gonna we'll send them we'll send them like a hotel hat <laughs> yeah. as a key send him a koofy <laughs> send him a koofy as a key a, a black it'll be like a um a black fist afro pick Juneteenth <laughs> award um yeah uh, so okay all right so we got the Juneteenth uh award out of the way you got a question to ask me and I don't know what it is but yeah. I need to I need to hear it yeah. So as we all know, uh, Colin is a new father. And so I, I always like to ask him questions about parenthood because I'm not a father. And I'm curious, which one of Kevin's friends are you inviting to your son's first birthday party? Papa. Easily. Why? Papa, because he's hilarious. Papa's, <laughs> Papa's, Papa's got a, a foul fucking mouth. I bro. love it. Yeah, he does have a foul mouth. No, Papa. Papa's. Papa is one of my, he's my favorite of the little kids. He's funny. 
He's he's silly. He's got some wisdom to him. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know he might he might be a good big brother figure uh, to my little boy. So okay, yeah, nice. That's, that's what I'm inviting. Nice, nice. Now he might push your little boy into asking out whoever your little boy's into at the time <laughs> before your little boy is ready. Yeah, at one, but at one, <laughs> yeah, and then teach him words he should know. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, he'll probably learn those before Papa gets a hold of him. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> all right. All right. So we're at the end. And at the end, we like to talk about what we're watching and give out recommendations. What are you watching? What am I watching? You know what I'm watching? I keep forgetting. Sometimes I forget what shows. Sadly, I was watching Winning Time and I haven't watched the, the finale. R.I. I thought I about you with that news. R.I. Yeah. And what? Asshole! What asshole, bro? When they cancel that show after the Lakers after. lose, that is some spiteful. Can spoiler. you believe it? Can you believe that's it? spiteful I, shit? <laughs> like, and, and on the see, and on the they they cancel it on the day of the series finale that oh. we didn't know was happening. You know what I'm saying? I know it's tough, bro. They and, and they could have done so much more. Like, there's so many more stories in that in that world that could have got told. And so everybody, it's so funny. I found um, an article like two days before the announcement of of its cancellation that was like, "What is season three gonna? You know, what stories can season three go for? <laughs> oh, Legit." No. And it was like it was a long ass article, and it had like Kobe's story. It had like, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like Kobe yeah. and Shaq. It had so many things that you could. You know, so many directions this show could have gone. And and again, it's dead. So RIP to winning time. But I'm not watching, obviously not watching that. But uh, I am watching Only Murders in the Building. I've been watching that. And I haven't uh, mentioned that. But I've been watching um, Only Murders in in the Building. I am a murder mystery fan, somewhat stan. I even like the old British crime dramas. My mom had me watching Masterpiece Theater as a kid. So no, it it, it kind of goes back to that. But I, I'm watching uh I'm watching Only Murders in the Building currently. That's that's my show right now. Dope. Shouts out to Julian Chi, who's the who is a friend of mine, and he's the guy who got killed at the beginning. Word. <laughs> okay. Oh, in season one. In season one. Oh, shouts cool. out to him. I did not know that. Yeah. That's yeah. that's cool. Sad, but cool. <laughs> uh I, I started watching changeling i watched the pilot changeling Ooh. uh because i i know that we want to do what we're watching like currently in in 2023 like shows right. that are happening in 2023 so it, it forced me to try to watch something that was new um interesting very interesting pilot maybe we'll do like a mini one on this mm-hmm. um in terms of like tone in terms of like writing uh it has a very uh, idiosyncratic way of dialogue um i don't necessarily know if i'm hooked with this show um but i am i do think that it's doing a lot of very interesting things okay uh with it yeah okay all right yeah, yeah. so yeah that's our somewhat recommendations i mean you can take our descriptions for what they are i didn't really describe <laughs> murders in the building if you like murder mysteries and quirky like old school comedy you might like that you know yeah uh, i'm enjoying it so yeah, yeah, yeah. all right so let's hit them with the socials man which where yeah. can they find you yeah you can find me at julian elijah martinez on instagram and on x you can find me at julian elijah yeah and on instagram you can find me uh, uh at colin the producer colin one l the producer and then on uh, x you can find me at colin says things 
So that's where you can find us on our socials. And yeah. so for the next episode, the next episode. We are doing Dexter for the, the next, next episode. episode. We are doing Dexter. I have not seen Dexter. Okay. I did a long time ago. You did? You did? Yes. I have long heard. Time ago. And and I'd hate to I hate to uh lead <laughs> lead the audience astray. But I have heard that it's a notoriously bad pilot. Okay. <laughs> That's what I've heard. So I'm really interested and excited to get into it. Um, yeah. I hate to have that knowledge beforehand. I'd rather you know, somebody just told that to me recently. So anyway, <laughs> but I'm excited to get into it. So Dexter is next. Yeah. For us, so, yeah, we're um, on the Showtime kick right now. We are. What is up with that? I don't know what's yeah. going on with that. Um, but anyway, that's the show. That's the episode one podcast. I'm Colin. And I'm Elijah. Thanks for listening. Peace. Peace. peace.